Shift India Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Peden. And today we have Dhruv Shringi, CEO and co-founder of Yatra.com, joining us for a chat. First of all, congratulations, Dhruv, as Yatra recently made headlines with its IPO launch. It's truly an exciting time for the company. So, um, I mean, let's start from the beginning. You had been in a wait and watch mode for quite some time. So what finally gave you the confidence to launch that IPO last month? Uh, good morning, Peden. And firstly, thank you for having me on your podcast. Uh, really uh-huh. excited to be on this. And I would like to start off by wishing you and all your listeners a very happy Dashera and Diwali as we get into the holiday season in India. Uh, Mm -hmm. With regards to addressing your question specifically, I think what has, uh, you're right, firstly, that we were in a, you know, evaluation stage, I wouldn't say wait and watch, but in a constant evaluation stage, tracking the metrics in terms of the operating performance of the business, looking at the recovery in the COVID trends, seeing how the airline capacity was coming back, and looking at how the stock markets were behaving. In the last few months, we've seen now that the markets were the stock markets were stable. Uh, there is fortunately and thankfully no sign of COVID, and there is strong recovery happening in our underlying business also in terms of profitability. So putting all of these things together, we decided that this was the right time for us to now finally launch the IPO, and I'm very happy that we were able to successfully execute on the IPO plan. That's great. Dhrup, um, earlier when you spoke with me, you had mentioned that the money from the listing would be used primarily for expansion. And during your recent uh, earnings call this week, you spoke about how Yatra benefited from an additional inflow of approximately $21 million through the sale of shares in this IPO. So how do you, how are you going to use the capital and how do you plan to use it? So let me just, you know, correct uh, a a data point in that. There were two aspects to the IPO. One was Mm -hmm. primary capital. So Yatra India, which is the main operating business, got about 602 crore rupees, which is approximately $72 million in terms of primary uh, primary issuance. And this is money which is now on the balance sheet of Yatra India, which is the main operating entity. Uh, $21 Mm -hmm. million that you referred to was the sale of shares by the holding shares. company yes. in the US. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the growth capital which is there is actually 602 crores or about $72 million that Yatra India now has to grow its business. In terms of growth mm-hmm. initiatives, uh, there are growth initiatives that we are looking at both from an organic perspective and also inorganically. Uh, first, focusing on the organic part, if you know, you've been following uh, the Indian aviation sector and Indian tourism sector closely. But for those people who are not that close to it, you would have seen that in the first nine months of the year, the domestic aviation market in India grew 29%. I mean, that is a phenomenal growth and recovery that we've seen in terms of travel in India. So on the back of that, we expect to see strong growth happening going forward as well, given that the airlines in India are increasing capacity at a very rapid pace. We currently have close to about 700 aircrafts operating in India. And if you look at the plans, it's likely that this number will more than double over the course of the next five to seven years. 
the Ministry of Civil Aviation also has predicted that over the, the next decade, we will go from about 140 million domestic air passenger trips a year to over 400 million air passenger trips a year. Given that kind of underlying growth in the market, we at Yatra are very excited to grow our leadership position in the corporate travel side. So that's one area where we are ramping up our efforts in terms of sales, in terms of technology, in terms of the other value-added services and products that we bring to the table for our corporate customers. So that's one area where we will continue to strongly invest behind. And the other is on the consumer side, where what we are seeing is that today, it's no longer a case of you know three cities in India, Delhi, Mumbai, and Bangalore, accounting for the vast majority of uh, you know travel traffic. We are seeing the emergence of tier two, tier three markets with newer airports opening up, newer capacity being deployed to the various state capitals. So we now see a much wider network of travel emerging out of India. And as travel goes deeper into India, given the kind of high brand recall that we enjoy as Yatra, our endeavor would also be to expand our footprint into the next level of growth markets out of India, which are the tier two, tier three markets, and especially the the 20 odd you know state capitals from where we are now seeing significant demand generate being generated mm-hmm. um you also you had also spoke about spoken about acquisitions and so are you are you will you be actively looking for strategic acquisitions to complement uh, you know your growth strategy because your last acquisition had been i think around 2019 pl worldways and then there was Air Travel Bureau in 2017. So are you open to exploring new opportunities that align with this particular vision? Absolutely. You know, we would uh, and we are actively looking at, you know, opportunities. And uh, we are looking at things which are going to be complementary to the kind of products and services that we have right now. And also which will fit in well and can be cross-sold to the large customer base that we currently have. So those are the guiding principles in terms of what is it that we are looking at. Um, And we are, as I said, you know, actively looking at opportunities and scouting opportunities for the same. Impressive. Um, Dhruv, it's also evident that you're not just stopping at an IPO success, but actively aiming for continued growth. So Yatra has a history of providing more than just booking services. You offer comprehensive information about travel destinations, hotels, flights, and more. So can you share more about how Yatra is working to go beyond the standard booking functionality? Sure. And that's an excellent question. See, in today's world, the traveler is a lot more evolved and they are looking for more than just travel information and travel booking, right? And if you look at Cutting this into two segments, the corporate segment and the consumer segment, both these travelers have needs for different kinds of value-added services. So on the corporate side, for example, it's no longer sufficient to just be a a ticketing agent, right? You have to be a data and analytics support to the CFOs of the organization or the CHROs of the organization. So there is copious amount of data which gets generated in a booking process. We've got a an excellent MIS tool, which is then used by us to slice and dice the kinds of trends, the spend patterns, et cetera, that we see emerging out of the the corporate. And then from there, that information gets fed back 
to the CHROs, to the you know uh, CFOs, to make sure that in the next cycle, they can incorporate that data when they are setting in place the policies for the company, right? So that's giving you one example mm -hmm. of where it's beyond just doing a ticketing function and acting as a basic transacting agent, right? Similarly, on the consumer side, you will see numerous value-added services which are there, whether this is things like Prime, which are a subscription-based kind of model which exists, mm -hmm. or it's cancellation protection, which is there, which offers the customer the flexibility right, of buying a cancellation protection and securing his entire trip. Right? Things like this get added as incremental services and value-adds to the customer. Also, Dhruv, I wanted to ask you something. I'm sorry to cut you short, but I wanted to ask you something about, uh, you know, these cancellation, uh, you know, these programs that you have, that you, if you pay an incremental account, then, you know, you uh, will be able to retrieve your entire booking fee. So do you think that this has caught up uh, after COVID, more after COVID? Or do you think that uh, Indians were always looking at some uh, at options such as these? Because we are a very short, uh, you know, Indians are notorious for booking, uh, for the very short booking windows as well. That is right. But, and I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head. COVID that way has been an eye-opener for a lot of people. Uh, we took a lot of things as Indian travelers for granted. And looking at the trends now, we have seen a significant improvement in terms of uptake around things like insurance and cancellation protection. So there is much higher awareness for products like these. And uh, especially during peak travel season, you know, where prices are high and, uh, you know, the risk is there, people will take these kinds of additional measures as a way of just securing the trip. So that's something I think which is a new trend that has emerged. People are a lot more cautious around these kinds of surrounding factors as compared to where they were prior to COVID. I don't think people gave as much thought to cancellation fees, et cetera, especially on domestic. On international, it's a different story. There, it's a much higher ticket value item. So people do tend to be more cautious. But on the domestic side, initially at least, I don't think people gave as much importance to these things as they do post-COVID. Excellent. Um, Dhuv, you, you mentioned about Yatra Prime very briefly uh, earlier. You know, focusing on personalization as a key factor in customer satisfaction, you know, you launched the subscription program, which is Yatra Prime earlier this year. So how does how does a subscription program like Yatra Prime play a pivotal role in enhancing customer satisfaction? Sure. So the way we are thinking about this is that there are numerous customer segments out here that exist in the market, right? Mm -hmm. it's, I think today technology allows you to start personalizing them and making sure that there is a product offering which is tailored for each segment that comes and transacts at Yatra. I think the days of doing a one-size-fit-all kind of solution are gone in today's world. Analytics, big data analysis today allows you to segment your customer much better and then put in place programs which are tailor-made for them. What you see with Prime is an initial step in that direction. There are more such steps that we will take which will allow deeper personalization 
as we go forward of the journey that customers entail with Yatra. Remarkable. Um, Dhruv, India has seen a significant digitization wave in the startup uh, ecosystem, you know, which is, uh, you know, is, whether it's about accessibility, market reach or technological innovation. And of course, we've been hearing a lot about AI and machine learning. So how does Yatra look at, uh, you know, this kind of integrating technology into its services? I think um, this is one of those facets which can quite significantly reshape the way the back offices and customer experiences work going forward. One of the biggest challenges that any company which is in the service industry faces is how do you ensure consistency of the service that you provide? I think all of us have looked with a certain amount of envy at hotel chains like the Oberoi and Taj, which have provided consistent service. And off late, you know, we have seen Indigo emerge as a brand which has been able to provide consistent service to its customers. But that is definitely the holy grail, right? And every organization on the service side will put in tremendous amount of effort in terms of hiring the right people, training the right people, putting the right processes in place to make sure that it can deliver a consistent experience. And that always remains a challenge. What technologies like AI and large language models enable you to do is to make sure that at least the baseline experience of customers is standardized. You can use these large models to make sure that you're able to address or at least provide your servicing teams the right kind of input that they need to deliver a consistent experience to the customer. There will still be need for human interface at some point, but at least the basic steps can be taken care of by providing a consistent experience using a technology-enabled response. So that's what we are working on. Uh, that's going to be the first step. I think beyond that, as these models develop and evolve, I think there is a great opportunity for them to also become, you know, more of a concierge service whereby they are guiding and recommending, you know, the right things to do, the right trips to book, the right time to book, you know, doing some kind of predictive modeling depending on the consumer's profile. But that's, you know, that's where we are still scratching the surface. The first model to my mind is more focused around making sure that there is a consistent customer experience which is delivered using these technology enablers which exist as of today. Mm -hmm. So, so you are saying that AI can be the first line of communication, but at some point in time, there should be a human intervention. Absolutely. I don't think human mm -hmm. intervention will go away. Right. Okay. Human intelligence is mm -hmm. not diminishing. Right. Human intelligence <laughs> yes. still will come into the picture. But you want to use human interface where you are trying to address a real intelligence. Providing standard responses. I mean, if the query is, let's say, as simple as saying, what are the cancellation charges? Now, that doesn't really mm -hmm. need too much human intelligence to do Correct. that. But yes. if it's about, you know, figuring out what are the, you know, uh, things to do in a particular destination for someone with a particular profile and then leveraging off the experience of someone who's traveled to that destination, there it becomes much more differentiated, right? Similarly, okay. That's the, that's the personalization factor as well, right? Yeah. That's where the personalization yeah. factor comes in. Right. 
or someone is trying to cancel because of you know some particular instance or there is a medical ground in those kinds of things a human interface and empathy will always be needed right i think <clears throat> while i am a believer of the technology and technology enablement i do think technology cannot really replace empathy absolutely right. absolutely yes um <clears throat> before we wrap up dru you know i'd like to touch on a significant topic that you'd mentioned earlier during our conversation about the beyond uh, domestic travel market in india can you tell us more about this unprecedented demand that we are still seeing and your perspective on how sustainable that is see i truly believe that india is beginning to hit the the inflection point from a disposable income point of view right we've seen per capita gdp uh, grow at least in rupee terms right while dollar term has been mm-hmm. a bit more subdued but at least in core rupee currency terms we've seen significant growth in terms of disposable income and i also feel covid has been a real eye opener in terms of people realizing that you only live once so there is a renewed focus about using the incremental disposable income to experience things in life and unique experiences of life whether travel or dining out i think are features which are going to you know uh, grow for a continued period of time we've also reached i think a stage in india where the basic at least in the and you know india is a very complex market there are multiple indias within india so when i use india right now um, you know please pardon my ignorance to a certain extent but i'm referring to the 150 200 million market in india not the 1.3 billion market in india right so at least in the mm-hmm. 150 200 billion market sorry million market in that segment of people a large part of the basic necessities of life have been taken care of and given that you know they bought their car their fridge their television the basic household things that they need the incremental disposable income is now being targeted towards experiences of life and travel is one of the foremost experiences of life today it's maybe as a first step focus around domestic international still remains aspirational but we'll soon get to a stage where you'll start seeing you know uh, a very significant growth in international travel as well out of india i think the advent of the low cost carriers touching at least the near shore international destinations airfares coming down to these markets and opening up newer sectors will definitely drive india outbound to short haul international in the very near term excellent and i think it's it has a lot to do with the rising middle class and the increasing disposable income like you mentioned right absolutely yeah that's a great outlook dhruv thank you for sharing your insights and experiences with us today it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show thank you so much thank you for having me on your show it's been my pleasure and that's a wrap for this episode of the skift india travel podcast we hope you found yatra's journey in the booming travel market in india inspiring be sure to stay tuned for more exciting stories in the future thank you this has been the skift india travel podcast thank you for listening